It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this latest podcast episode. I'm Chloe. It's great to have you listening, especially as today we're going to be diving in to the world of protecting your brand on Amazon. If you have products that lots of people are listing on Amazon that you don't like the look of the listings, you don't like the images they're using, you want to have control. You want it to become a platform you feel proud that your business is on and because of the way it looks this is the episode for you. We've got third time guest on the show to take us through this today. We've got Steve Honoit back and he's previously been on talking about his wholesale and B2B and B2C business, Newton Running. And then he was also on talking about Amazon for big brands, a little bit similar to what we're talking about today, but that time we focused mainly in the world of Amazon ads. Now, before we catch up with Steve and everything that he's up to at the moment and get his amazing tips and advice on how to take control of our brand on Amazon, let's have a listen to the sponsors. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it free for 30 days and get a free £10 scale when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Is your website slow? Has your online business outgrown your current hosting provider? If you answered yes to either of those questions, it's time to move over to Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting provider that is built for online businesses. From a hassle-free launch to smooth server operations, Cloudways is your partner in scaling your e-commerce business to greater success. Go to cloudways.com and use the promo code MASTERPLAN to sign up for a new Cloudways account and get a free $25 hosting credit. And now to introduce today's special guest. Steve Honite is the e-commerce leader Pucker, who sell organic teas and food supplements. They've been in business since 2001 and now over 2 million cups of Pucker tea are drunk globally every day. You'll find their products on supermarket shelves around the UK and they also sell via their own website and on Amazon. A big part of Steve's role is in managing their brand and performance on Amazon. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. Hello, Steve. Hi there, how you doing? I'm good. And I'm really excited to talk proper Amazon strategy with someone. We seem to spend a lot of time talking Amazon, but never quite getting into the detail of what a larger business actually needs to do to make it work. Um, before though, we get into that, do you just want to give people a little bit of background about how, how you've kind of got started in e-commerce and how you've ended up doing what you're doing at Pucker? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So my e-commerce journey st- started around 10 years ago um, and I've been working in um, sporting goods category and also FMCG and, and CPG, so consumer goods. Um, obviously, I've been on the on the um, on on the podcast before and um, talked about a couple of other uh, businesses that I've been involved in in the past. Um, and last time we spoke, I'd been doing quite a lot of consulting with brands um, in yeah, the sports and the FMCG space around Amazon and the Amazon channel. And so around 12 months ago, I started contracting for, for Pucker, helping them out with their Amazon business. And that role turned into a full-time position earlier this year uh, to help them really drive the e-commerce channel, but specifically Amazon in the UK, um, and then also try and roll that scale up 
um, out to to other geographies as well, so US and, and other places in Europe too. Cool, and a very exciting bit of e-commerce to be in at the moment because we hear a lot about large brands trying to work out how to how to deal with the Amazon problem in inverted commas or opportunity, depending on the way you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's still um, still some misconceptions around the Amazon platform, um, and there are there's definitely a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there as well because of that. Um, so you know, I still see when I'm when I'm uh, you know shopping on Amazon, I still see loads of brands where I think ah oh, you know opportunity massive opportunity there to really take control of the brand and to to own um, own your brand on the Amazon platform. And I think the the risk is you know leaving it to someone else or to third parties or um, other people to sell your brand on the platform you know can mean that the, the consumer experience isn't as good as it should be or or, uh, or as it needs to be so yeah definitely important to lean into the amazon platform i think and it doesn't mean doesn't mean that you should lean into the amazon platform and then you know forget about all of the all of the other channels i absolutely think that amazon can be complementary both to your own direct consumer play and all other channels that you sell into and if you're an fmcg that's you know that's grocery that's grocery.com um so it can absolutely be complementary and it can help you help you drive market share and it can do a really great job of awareness so there's, there's loads of stats that get banded around around uh, how how many product searches are started on amazon now so anything from you know 50 percent versus uh, google to, to even higher 70 80 percent so clearly a lot of people are doing uh, research for brands on Amazon as well. So really important to make sure you're represented as best as possible on the platform. Excellent. We're going to get into exactly how to go about doing that very shortly. But before we do, let's just tick a couple of the boxes where Pucker's concerned. So where are you and where are you selling to? So based in Bristol um, and yeah, uh, the products are um, produced here in the UK, sell globally. Um, the key markets for us really talking about e-commerce um, so on Amazon is the UK um, and also US and Germany. Uh, but then beyond that, we've got products going to China um, and through Alibaba on Tmall. Um, we've got product uh, in all over Europe uh, with other pure play retailers as well as Amazon. And then in the US as well, obviously Amazon isn't the only play online. So uh, Walmart.com and, and uh, other online pure play retailers as well as grocers.com in the uk you're widely available at every distribution point you could think um within the fmcg space so yeah quite a lot of distribution because um pucker started off as a brand wholesaling rather than as a, an e-commerce business so i guess you're a, a brand and product creator first and e-commerce second yeah, absolutely. I'd say, you know, the um, e-commerce channel probably um, hadn't had that much focus until I joined the business. Um, so there was for sure a DTC site and uh, there was a product being sold online. Um, but uh, yeah, when I joined, there was really a lot of ambition uh, here to to try and drive that sort of as, a, as an area of the business that could over deliver on, on growth for the business. So um, could really be a driver of the of the growth engine for the business. And so far, yeah, that's that's uh, that's happening. And what platform are you selling on in the e-commerce side of things? So um, direct to consumer uh, was on Magento. Actually, we're just in the process of um, replatforming, and we'll be using Shopify solution. Um, on Amazon, we're doing first-party vendor model, so selling to Amazon, um, who are then selling our products onwards from there. Excellent. We'll get into exactly what that means shortly as well. <laughs> and what does the what does the e-commerce, I guess, and marketing team look like? You know, who have you got 
working on this this piece. We've got a reasonably sized marketing team um, here based in Bristol. Um, from an e-commerce perspective, it's quite a matrix management organization in that there's uh, local market teams in countries who are also responsible for uh, e-commerce execution um, and digital execution as well. So it means the e-commerce team is quite light here, being myself. Um, and then we've got a wider uh, digital team, a uh, handful of people, and then a, a bigger marketing team that support all the efforts that are done on e-commerce as well. Okay, so just just to be clear, you're the one. You're completely doing everything for the e-commerce site, the migration, and the the marketplace parts. Oh, so the, from a from an e-commerce perspective, yeah, but um, on digital, let's separate out the brand.com site as well, which sits with the digital team. So not got full responsibility for that replatforming effort. Uh, that definitely would be way too much work for me. Okay, cool. Right before we before we get deep into Amazon, let's just clarify that Amazon for first party vendor because it's I think it's important for everyone to understand that there are you know it's you're not just um there's not just one way of getting your product onto Amazon is there yeah absolutely yeah I mean in fact there's three three routes that your product might exist on Amazon so first party which is really about you selling directly to Amazon so as a brand owner selling directly to Amazon uh, there's second party which is where you might sell to a wholesaler and the wholesaler actually has a, a vendor relationship with Amazon and sells directly to Amazon um, and then the third option is as a third party so there you're actually listing the product on Amazon but you're the one that has the you know the owns the stock and um, sells it to the consumer on the platform so from a consumer point of view it looks largely the same so you, you definitely wouldn't be able to tell the difference if it was a first party or second party offering because um, there it's Amazon that own the stock at that point on the platform and are selling it to you as the consumer. You would notice the difference with the third party offering um, because you'd actually be buying from someone else. So, you know, when you bought on Amazon and you bought from seller XYZ, that's a third party offering that's on the platform. As a brand owner, um, you could absolutely choose to use uh, you know, any one of those three options. Um, if you want more control over your brand, probably the route you're going to go for and as a bigger brand as well, you're probably going to have a first party relationship. But certainly brands can, um, they can operate as third party retailers on the Amazon platform. So, for example, Pucker could have uh, a seller account on Amazon as, as Pucker um, and, and sell directly to consumers. It's not something we do today, but it's potentially, you know, potentially something that we'd look to do in the future. Um, and there's different reasons why that might be a benefit. So I think today we're going to talk about trying to control or trying to own and um, make sure that your brand is well represented on the platform. I think it's just important to mention that you can you can do that as a third party seller on Amazon or as a first party your vendor relationship with Amazon as well. So it's not exclusive to, to one of those. Awesome. So Steve, as we go through, can you just flag if we talk about anything which is restricted to just one of those? And otherwise, everybody, assume you can do it. The other thing we should probably say is that FBA is part of that third option, isn't it? That's the third part of piece, like a hybrid. Yeah. So uh, so I guess the first party, second party and third party really um, is where you're talking about who owns the stock who prices the set, you know, who, who decides what price you're going to sell to the consumers and who is actually the, the, uh, the person selling the product. Um, and then when we talk about FBA, that's really about fulfillment, right? So when you're doing, um, when you're doing first party, Amazon is doing the fulfillment, uh, in most cases in the UK, but actually 
um, moving to a model in the US where merchants actually do fulfillment even for first party as well. Um, and then when we talk about third party, most people talk about FBA because that tends to be the, the route that most people use and that's fulfillment by Amazon. So if you've got your inventory that you're selling on Amazon, you'd like it to be in the Amazon's um, operational infrastructure because it means that it's easier to offer Amazon Prime to the consumers. So I think sometimes FBA and 3P get conflated. Um, 1P, 2P, 3P, that's to do with the way the relationship you have with Amazon and who's the actual owner of the stock and who sells it to the consumer. And FBA or Merchant Fulfilled is all about the fulfillment method that you use. Most people who are 3P use FBA. Most people who are 1P have um, Amazon doing the shipping for them as well. So, yeah, just to try and clarify that for anyone who uh, was being confused by the different terminology. Nice and comprehensive. I, I like it. Uh, right. Steve, let's talk brand then. How much of a challenge is protecting one's brand on the Amazon platform? So I think there's two two things here. One is um, clearly you don't want to have people selling um, products which are counterfeit or fake on the platform. And that tends to be you know, more of a challenge for brands, maybe in the sporting goods space or fashion, um, not, not so much in FMCG, to be honest. Um, but there's a there's a, a challenge around making sure that, that doesn't happen. I don't want to really get into the details about that now. I don't think Amazon's got a particularly big counterfeit issue within FMCG, and um, I certainly don't see much counterfeit product on there. But I just wanted to call it out at the beginning to say that it's something that is worth considering and bearing in mind. And uh, some of the things we'll talk about today actually would go towards trying to protect that. Um, but the thing I think the, the area that um, is really important is about how the brand is represented and, and positioned on the Amazon platform. So um, I think if you have, if you've got a brand which has existed for a number of years already and you haven't sold on Amazon, if you go to Amazon, you probably will find it exists on there. Um, same is also probably true of other marketplaces as well, like eBay. Um, so if you've got a, a reasonable amount of distribution, you've been selling to wholesalers, you've been selling to retailers, someone along that you know, line of uh, distribution will have most likely put the product on Amazon. And so the risk is, or, or the, um, the, the challenge is that, that those guys, uh, guys and girls, those retailers, those uh, wholesalers, they, they aren't going to invest the time and effort in making your brand look how it should on the Amazon platform because they've really got no incentive to do that. It's a bit like Prisoner's Dilemma where you've got multiple 3P retailers who are putting products onto the Amazon platform. No one wants to put the effort and, and invest the time in terms of making the listings look as good as they should because they'll just benefit everyone else who's trying to sell that exactly same product as well. As a brand owner, I think it's really your duty or your obligation to make sure that um, you know, if consumers are looking for your product on Amazon, then it, you're in control of all the content that's listed on there. And there's a, there are a number of steps that you can take to to make sure that you can do that and to make sure that the consumer has a you know, brand friendly um, experience when they're on on the Amazon platform for your brand. Okay, so the, the the big thing we need to do is take control of our listings. So how do we go about doing that? Yeah, exactly. That's 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 the uh, that's the key being in control of the listings. So um, number one, uh, first step I think for any brand owner um, is to is to register with Amazon's brand registry. Um, so there you can uh, yeah re- register your brand IP. Um, and by doing that, um, and again, this works both on the first party side and the third party side, uh, it kind of unlocks a little bit of extra control that you can have over your brand on the platform. Uh, so, for example, if there are listings that people have put up on the platform and they're items that 
don't sit in your catalog, but they are your brand, um, then to some degree you can ask Amazon either to take them down, you can say that the um, images are incorrect and they need to be removed from the site until the correct images are put back up on the platform. Or crucially, what you can do is start to actually manage the catalog and bring all of the listings, I guess, into one place. And what I mean by that is a lot of the time uh, where we've got multiple third-party operators selling your product um, on the platform, multiple listings will have been created for the same product. So you'll have a lot of duplication. And a lot of the time that's driven by automated feeds from uh, ERP systems are linked to Amazon. So if they've got a product in stock, they push it up into, into Amazon's seller platform and then it appears for sale. Um, doesn't take into consideration if that product already existed on the platform. Um, so you get these duplicated listings all over the place. And so a couple of things you can do, um, which can be really quick wins for you, is merging all the duplicates. So if you've got the same product for sale that's on multiple listings, multiple separate listings, you can put in a request with Amazon to, to have those duplicates merge. So it effectively just crunches them all together. Um, one upside from that is that you get all of the reviews and ratings across those separate listings, um, but also that kind of search density as well. So the, the position in the um, search results page is going to be elevated because you've got all of those listings that were separated out all in all in the same place. So that's a great way to do like the first, the basics, just to do a sweep and, and get rid of all the duplicate listings. Um, and then beyond that, there's a couple of other interesting options that you can look at as well. So um, there will for sure be some uh, listings that Amazon will tell you, you they can't merge them. And the reason will be things like the brand name's been spelt differently by the uh, third party reseller. The images don't match between the two listings that you're trying to merge or the product's been listed in a different marketplace like Germany, for example, but is being sold in the UK. And this is where brand registry becomes really helpful because that gives you that extra degree of control and will allow you to get over some of those hurdles with Amazon. Also, persistence always helps as well. So the more times you contact them about these issues, then the more likely you are to get them solved. Yeah, and then the last step really around that is you can um, you could actually add the listings um, into your catalog. So you could, if you even if you don't intend to sell them, you can add them into your catalog. Once you've got them in your catalog, you can then make the changes. So you could update the image, you could update the um, the brand name on the listing, and then when it's uh, you know at parity with your other listing, then you can merge those two together. So it, you know there's mergers that you can do straight away. Then there's some updates you might need to make to to the third party listings by putting them into your catalog, and then you can complete the mergers. And then one final. Um, uh, element as well which I've, I've found really useful is if you sell in a different pack size or you sell in a different quantity to a third-party listing and you want to have them again in the same place then you can variate them so you could just say to Amazon okay this third-party product is exactly the same as the product I'm selling it's just a different pack size so can you bring them both onto the same detail page and just put a size variation on there so one's a 20 pack and one's a 40 pack and then it brings them again into the same place has a similar impact in terms of search value um, again, the same thing will happen with the, with the ratings and reviews as well. And the objective of that, I think some people might think that as a, being a bit of a control freak about the platform and trying to bring all of the um, other listings all in, under your control. But actually what it does is it, it, it creates a much better consumer experience. So when a consumer types something in the search bar um, and a really significant number of searches are unbranded, um, so if they type something in the search bar and then there's maybe two or three of your brand listings that appear. One of them's a third party. So the price looks different from your first party one. Maybe it's exactly the same product, but the image is different. Then consumers are going to get confused. The consumer journey is not going to be as good. You're less likely to be able to generate sales. So it's not about 
trying to control the third party listings and just take the sales away from them. It's actually about trying to enrich the consumer journey on the Amazon platform, make it easier for them to find the product they're looking for. And as a result, the overall sales, both the first party and the third party, will get a lift from that. I'm glad you mentioned kind of your your own wholesalers, whole, whole, own wholesale customers there, because I find a lot of brands that are starting to take control of their Amazon um, positions, their Amazon presence, is is a big fear for them is how do I deal with my existing wholesalers who are selling on there? Do I ban them all from selling on Amazon? Do I, you know, give them certain guidelines of what they can do at price? What's what's your advice with with dealing with the fact that you're not the only person selling your product on that platform? So I think clearly if they're if they're a, an unauthorized or a uh, they're not they're a reseller who you, know, you don't know you don't know how they've got the product then there's an argument for trying to get them shut down because they might have got it through you know gray market route it might not be the right product for that country uh, you know it might be a us pack that they're selling in the uk something like that so there's an argument for trying to shut those guys down uh, a legal argument for that and so you know i would advocate for, for for doing that for the rest of the resellers who are on the platform i mean i think you really have to ask the question to yourself about when you sold to the wholesaler or the retailer did did you have a plan with them that they were going to sell on Amazon? And if not, then really the sales that they're making on Amazon are just kind of almost uh, additional incremental sales to their to their existing business. So um, if you didn't choose them as a third-party reseller that you wanted to work for and they're just a regular retailer who happens to also put stock on Amazon, then I don't think that's core to the business and I don't think necessarily they're going to be doing a particularly good job for you selling on Amazon. Um, and so... I would argue that they are, you know, they should be managed out of the Amazon business, but I don't think that you need to come in with a heavy hand and, and try and legally remove them from the platform. Actually, by doing all of the things I just mentioned, so merging listings, variating listings, and bringing the first party offer onto the same detail page as a third party offering is actually going to mean that most most of the time Amazon's going to win the business anyway, and that business will just be in, in a slow, steady decline to the point where they may or may not want to continue to do business. There is an argument, though, for uh, in some instances where you know some retailers might get um, might be very smart about creating bundle packs or uh, creating ad value uh, with your product, and so you know absolutely those uh, listings could continue to exist on Amazon, and those third-party resellers could continue to make a living from selling your products on Amazon whilst you still have really good control over the content of all the first-party listings as well. Um, so I guess. In that instance, you probably want to have a pretty good open relationship with the third-party retailers just so you know what they're planning on doing and you're not bundling your product with brands that you don't want to be associated with. Okay, Steve, we've talked about our own wholesalers. We've talked about the listings. Is there anything else we should be doing to make to make sure we're protecting our brand and making the most of the platform? The, the challenge with Amazon is always that uh, it's fairly, fairly fluid. So you can go through all of these steps and make all these changes. Um, and then um, those changes can be unwound or undone or uh, new retailers can come onto the platform and add new listings as well. So um, I guess the checklist that we went through or the, the different steps that we, we talked about in, in brief just then, um, you know, it's not a you're not going to get to a point where it's fixed and you can move on. It's, a, it's an ongoing, evolving um, platform. And so what can be really useful actually is to use um, use some software to monitor what's going on on Amazon. Um, so you get updated with alerts if images get changed, you get updated with alerts if, if text copy has been amended, um, and you can also try and keep track of any additional listings that get added to the platform as well. So I think that type of shelf monitoring 
tool um, can be really important um, to make sure that you have this continued consistent um, appearance for your brand on the Amazon platform. Do you have any recommendations for those types of management tools just to get people looking in the right direction? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are other platforms available, but one that um, I've really enjoyed using over the past couple of years is called Celix. Um, and that platform, they have both a, a vendor and a seller option. Um, and so it will, yeah, absolutely allow you to uh, keep track of all your listings and any changes that are being made. Um, and then also, you know, we talked about in some of our previous podcasts how to optimize listings. We've talked about advertising as well. And so they have modules that also facilitate that as well. So it's not just a, a shelf monitoring tool that also does um, can help you optimize adverts and can help you search for keywords and make sure they're included in all of your listings as well. And how are you spelling that one? Uh, S-E-L-L-I-C-S. Yep. I assume there was an X in there. So I was well off the mark. <laughs> Sorry. That's my uh, pronunciation. Well, it's, it's the, as, the, as we run out of URLs, the spellings are getting stranger. You so have to spell everything out these days. So Celix, S-E-L-L-I-C-S, everybody, if you want to go and, go and check out that tool to monitor what's going on, on on Amazon. So how for a brand who have been experiencing their Amazon listings and they, you know, they get for the marketer who's boss comes in and sees them every day and goes, our Amazon still looks awful. How much effort is it to reach this point of improvement? Is this something which you can do a big flush through over a week and then turn on the management tool and you're on top of it? Or is it something that takes a couple of months to get things sorted out in the first instance? Yes, more like a couple of months for sure, because um, the changes that you're going to be asking Amazon to make, it's going to take them a bit of time to actually process them for you. So it could take a anything from two to five days if when you submit a case uh, for a merge request for them to actually complete that and you know probably in 50 percent of the cases there's going to be some kind of complication so to do with you know the brand name being different the image something about the the text copy um, that you have to go back and either argue for or go on to that further step that i mentioned and um and actually add the item to your own catalog so that you can make the updates so that you can do the merge and i think uh, as well because it's got this ongoing moving uh, beast or feast um, on uh, on Amazon so lots of changes going on all time I think yeah probably three months is is the period that you're going to be looking at to go from from if the marketplace is appears to be not very well uh, designed for your brand at the moment to a place where you feel like actually the journey that the consumer goes on is 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 a is a good one. I'd say it's probably around three months to do that. And you know, over that time, if if that's all you do and you don't invest in any advertising, but you you tidy up the marketplace, you take control of the listings, maybe you make some merchandising upgrades, then you know you're going to get an uplift. You know, I know that's an investment in time and potentially headcount, or if you're using an agency to help you, then there is a, a cost investment. But you are going to get definitely going to get an uplift in sales by going through those by through go, go by going through those steps. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler. With Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just click, send and save for as low as $4.99 a month. Send envelopes, flaps and packages right from your desk. And for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. 
Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SEMPRO Online. Starting at $4.99 per month, you can also qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping, calculate exact postage online and do it all by printing from your PC. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get you started. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting provider that is all about simplicity and freedom. Cloudways supports all major e-commerce platforms, including WooCommerce and Magento. It offers performance-oriented features such as managed backups, free SSL certificates, Cloudways CDN, built-in caches, and many more. Go to cloudways.com and use the promo code MASTERPLAN to sign up for a new Cloudways account and get a free $25 hosting credit. It's time for the Top Tips Round. So, Steve, you've already given us so many great tips about how to improve our Amazon business. It's now time for the top tips and to get some other ideas for how to take our businesses to the next level. So, Steve, you ready for these? I think so. Excellent. Now, I know this first one, you've been trying to work out just what to recommend after giving two sets of sterling recommendations previously. So, let's have your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So the book I'm going to recommend is called Social Engineering uh, by a guy called Christopher Hadnagay, I think. Um, And it's uh, all about how dark hat actors uh, use various different tricks on humans to hack in to get information. I think a lot of the time when we think about um, being hacked, we think about computer code, hacking into um, software to extract data. And this one is really, this book really talks about how actually that's um, a relatively difficult thing to do unless you have some kind of weakness um, in the system and that weakness tends to be humans. So um, getting humans to put USB sticks into their uh, laptops with uh, you know, malware on it is, is, is one example, right? So in the book, it talks about all these different ways that dark hat actors can get humans to be the, the weakness that allows them to be able to extract data. And what's really interesting about it, I think, is um, not because I want to be a dark hat actor and uh, extract data from places. Um, what, what's really interesting about it is that it's a lot about human psychology. I think that plays a lot back into into marketing and helps you to really understand the way the human um, brain works. So, yeah, really interesting, really interesting book um, and definitely recommend it. Okay, then the traffic top tip, which marketing method do either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So this is going to sound really conventional, um, uh, but uh, and I'm going to try and explain it without going into, into a ridiculous amount of detail. Um, but uh, I think something that you can do on Amazon right now, um, so everyone who's on Amazon or operating on Amazon probably heard about sponsored products and running search ads. So that's effectively um, ads that are with, within the platform. So like Google PPC, when someone searches for something, um, you're bidding on those search terms and your, your product listing appears at the top of search. Um, and then also Amazon have another platform, which is uh, a display platform. So programmatic display platform. And until quite recently, actually, that was just a managed service, uh, either through agencies or with Amazon themselves. But they've opened that up as a self-service platform now. And between those two platforms, so between the, the search platform 
platform and the programmatic display platform, they've got last click attribution. So you can actually think of those two platforms working very well together um, and operating at different levels of the funnel. So search lower funnel on conversion and the display activity more mid funnel, possibly top funnel around awareness. Um, and because you've got that last click attribution, you can look at the spend across both of them and, and effectively combine that together and look at the, the total revenue that's been directly attributable to those ads um, and like a total ROAS as well. And so the thing that I, uh, or the tip I think there is that actually what you can do is, is spend more on display on the awareness side. It actually juices up the results that you get on search because there's more people then who are coming to the platform um, and are searching for your products. So your results, the return, the ROAS on your uh, search ads is actually going to improve because you start running display ads at the top of the funnel. And then the beauty of that is if you can get the ROAS on the search ads to improve enough, then that's more money that you can reinvest in display at the upper funnel and send more people in there. So, yeah, I think thinking about Amazon and what can be done on search and display and, and combining those two activities together is is something that uh, we're going to see a lot more of, of over the next couple of years. Nice. Okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So it's not new and uh, probably isn't cool anymore. But one thing I do now do, uh, so we've got Trello boards where we obviously keep track of tasks within the teams uh, that we work with. Um, but I actually use now Trello as like my to-do list. So I don't have, there's no static to-do list anymore. I used to stick everything in my calendar, um, but now I use a Trello board with every day of the week on it. And it means in real time, I can effectively move my to-do tickets around and prioritize things uh, multiple times throughout the day, which has massively reduced my anxiety around to-do lists. See anything which reduces anxiety, I am a fan of. Yeah, I mean, and and the and the great thing, you know, it's on the desktop, so I've got it on a, I've got it live on one of my screens when I'm working, so I can easily chuck new uh, items onto it. But also, I've got it on my phone as well, so if I have a panic uh, on a Saturday about the fact that I think I've forgotten something that's on my to-do list, I can have a quick scan and I'll find most of the time, nine times out of ten, it's it's on there somewhere already. Nice. Okay, a growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? So I think, you know, in the beginning, um, I don't know if this, again, this is not necessarily going to be anything new, but where you can find ads that are working for you, um, where the ROAS or the ROI is uh, such that um, it's, you know, gross margin positive, uh, there are really areas where you want to you want to um, expand on. That's where you really want to um, invest more. And so, you know, what I would argue for is okay, it might not be profitable at the bottom line um, uh, on the scale up, but you should reinvest all of that GM back into those ads that are working for you. So any ad driven revenue um, where you're positive on GM, just keep reinvesting that um, into those same ads to get you from 100 to 1000. And then at that point, then you know, if it's continuing to grow, great. You can probably go and borrow some money from someone to can keep scaling that. Um, but if you, you kind of hit a plateau at that point, then you can scale back the advertising and your run rate will, you know, will settle uh, somewhere around those thousand orders, and then you'll be in a nice place and very profitable. Yet more very practical, very sensible advice. Steve, really appreciate having you on the show again. Before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you on the web and social media, please? Uh, yeah, so if, you, if you're interested in tea, puckerherbs.com. Um, if you're interested in uh, reaching out to me, uh, stephenhonite.cc, uh, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Stephen Honite. 
um yeah that's probably the best place to make contact excellent well look steve thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight into an area that i know a lot of people are thinking about but not a lot of people are acting on yet it's been an absolute pleasure absolutely really enjoyed that thanks chloe So great to catch up with Steve again. He always brings such great insight to the things he's working on. Now, if you your um, your appetite was whetted by those bits and pieces he was telling us at the end there about Amazon ads, then do go and check out my last uh, recording with him, the episode number 169, where we got into quite a bit of detail on that Amazon ads side of things. So that one's well worth going and checking out if you're a bit intrigued by some of those ad elements we were talking about there. And of course, there was his interview being a re- being his original retail business, Newton Running, which is number 98 too. So lots there about how to take control of your brand, take control of your business on Amazon. Various steps, it's fairly straightforward what you've got to do, just a bit time consuming and nitpicky to make it all happen, I think. As Steve said, just simply going through those processes of taking control of the way your brand is appearing on Amazon will create an uplift in sales before you even start investing in getting more traffic there. If you've enjoyed today's show and you want to get uh, details on the, on the notes and the links to everything we were talking about, including the top tips, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will find a link to this show. And on the show, show notes page for this show, you will find all those links, including links to the previous episodes that Steve's been on. If you're enjoying the e-commerce master plan podcast and you're listening via Apple podcast or iTunes or one of the Apple platforms, which I know at least half of you are, then um, please do give us some feedback via their review system. Because not only do I like reading what you think, because uh, I get to see all of those, I, it also helps us out in the uh, the old Apple algorithm to help more people find the show. So please do take a moment just to give us a review. It would be greatly appreciated. For now though, have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.